0: good to gather with you today. Um, We are continuing our teaching series through the book of Ephesians today, Um, and we've called this uh, Seeking God and Recovering the Church. And um, so if you have a Bible, um, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be hanging out this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, and you can go ahead over there. If you don't have a Bible, feel free to use the one in front of you, um, and that's our gift to you um, today. And so um, we, we live in a culture that's obsessed with health, Um, uh, obsessed with being healthy and and I am all for it. I tried it one time um, and uh, it it was going well for me until I went to Chick-fil-A and I substituted waffle fries for a side salad and I thought, what has my life become? um you know i love me some waffle fries i believe that all good things come from above and waffle fries are a good thing that comes from above and so uh so yeah so i, I, I quickly abandoned that but um but but being healthy is a good thing i don't, I don't think any of us would disagree that that, that, that being a good steward of, of the bodies god has given us um it, it, it is a bad thing i think we would all agree that being healthy is good um, but but and our culture is obsessed with it. I was looking up this week, and um, the health food market alone is expected to exceed one point six trillion dollars in the next few years. Um, so so all of you who buy those organic health food things, way to go! You're you're contributing to that. That's awesome. Um, uh, I I try and avoid health food as much as I can, but uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So uh, but. We, we think that being healthy is important. Um, we, we think it's, it's important, right? Um, and, and, and one of the things that we, we have to look at and understand um, is that we believe that the church is the body of Christ. We believe that the church is the body of Christ. And we believe that the church should be healthy. And so today what I want us to do uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 is I want to look at what does it look like to be a healthy church? Uh, What what does that mean? Um, How does that function? How does that play itself out? And and I just want to acknowledge today that that I think just from different conversations I've had with many in the room, that we have seen and we have experienced unhealthy church. Um, We've experienced what it's like to be in a church that that, that is not um, in, in a healthy place. And we can come into to a room like this and, and we can come into it with some apprehension and, and, and some, uh, some maybe even some fear um, just because of past disappointments, past things we've experienced, past things we've gone through. And we can, we can come into this room and we're like, I'm not sure about this. You know what, you're like, when I, when, I read, when I read scripture, this isn't, this isn't what I, I, I believe that, that, that I see in scripture, what the church should be or could be. You know, G- Jesus, Jesus says that, that he's going to build his church and the gates aren't going to prevail against it. So, so what does that actually look like? Because that doesn't, what I see in scripture doesn't seem to be what I'm experiencing. And I would just say, pay attention to that, that, that cry in your heart that surely there has to be something more. Surely there has to be something more because, because I believe that there is something more. I, I, I believe that, that, that the church can be healthy that the church can be what scripture lays out for us a lukewarm half-hearted watered-down faith is not what God has in mind for us if you if you are aching for the church to be more for for your experience to be more today we want to lay out for what that can look like and so Let me read our passage for today, um, and then we will jump into it. So Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse one. Paul says this, he says, "'Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, living through all. However, he has given to each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children, won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you that, that, that you have revealed yourself to us through it, your intentions in our lives in it. Um, and I just pray and I ask that over the next little bit as we unpack some of your word that, 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 that your word would, 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 would go before me. That the people would not hear my words but they would hear your word today that your word would be at work in our hearts and our lives. That Holy Spirit, you would be pressing upon us what it means to be a healthy church here in the foothills and help us to live that to your glory alone. Jesus, we need you today. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So um, the, the, the first question that we need to ask today, and, and we have, we've talked about this a little bit, but I feel like it's important that we come back to it. Um, but, but what is the church? Um, What is the church? Because I think a lot of us can come into this room with preconceived ideas of what we think the church is and not all of us would necessarily agree on what the church is. And in fact, I would say that what is the church is probably not even the right question to be asking, but rather we should be asking, who is the church? And we would say that the church is is every single person who has said yes to the invitation to follow Jesus every single person um, we believe that everybody in the world is invited to become followers of Jesus to to, to believe and trust in the truth of his word and the gospel and that we can now follow him so everybody who has said yes to that invitation and Jesus is now Savior and Lord of your life and we are growing in our submission to his will and way in us every single person who has said yes to Jesus' invitation is now a follower of Jesus, and you are now part of the universal church. But inside the universal church, we believe is a local church, a a local representation of the people of God in a specific place and time. And so so we we exist here in Indian Hills as, as a representation of the local church, as people who have said yes to Jesus, I'm going to follow you. No matter what comes my way, I'm in. And this is who makes up the church, every single person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus alone for salvation and is now following him and growing in submission to him. growing in submission to him. This is what Paul's talking about here in verse one. He says, he says, uh, he says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. This is the invitation, that initial invitation to become a follower of Jesus. We see this throughout Jesus' ministry. He sees individuals and he says, hey, come, follow me. And they either respond in one of two ways. One, they respond by leaving everything and following him right then and there. Or they say, well, let me do this first, or, or maybe later, or, or no. And so, so there's only two options when it comes to God's calling Jesus' invitation to follow him we either say yes I'm in or no like like there's no in between and so this is our this is why Paul this is who Paul is writing to he's writing to the church that we would live a life worthy of our calling worthy of the invitation to be followers of, of Jesus followers of Jesus and so and so what makes up a healthy church then what, what, what makes a healthy church versus an unhealthy church? And so here's the first observation I, I, I have from this today. A healthy church is not a perfect church. And that may come surprising to some of you, but, but, but a healthy church is not a perfect church. Look what Paul says here in, two and, in verses two, th- 2 and 3. He says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults making allowance for each other's faults. He's assuming there's going to be faults. Because of your love, make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. Listen, Paul believes and and, and assumes that the church, while yes, it may be full of people who have said I'm going to follow Jesus, it's still full of imperfect people people that still haven't got it all figured out and everything put together. Like, here's what I promise you. If you hang around me long enough, if you hang around the people of Grace Hills long enough, you're going to be disappointed at some point. We are going to let you down. We are not going to live up to what maybe you hoped we would be. You are going to be offended. Somebody's going to do something that that, that is not kind. And yet, and yet we are still called to to, to love one another. We're still called to, to, to be together because a healthy church is not necessarily a perfect church. It, it it's it's full of imperfect people. And so, in fact, we would say that say that if you're perfect in this room, if you if you think you're perfect, I know there's a few of you that no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but if you think you're perfect in this room, I would just tell you that 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 you're going to be surrounded by a lot of imperfect people. You're going to be surrounded by a lot of imperfect people in this room. And so how do we relate to each other in the church? Well, he says, um, "Be humble and gentle. Be humble and gentle. For for a, a church to be healthy, we must be humble, selfless people living for the good of those around us." That 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 we see that, that we live in a culture that says exalt yourself, make much of yourself, make everything about yourself, do what's best for you. You do you. And yet, when we live with humility with, towards one another, we are not making everything about ourselves. The church is countercultural in the, in the reality that, that we are not about ourselves. And we're all in different places in that and growing in that, but but we aren't primarily about ourselves. We are to live humbly and gently towards one another. I love how um, Tim Keller says it. This is what Tim Keller says. He says, The essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself, it is thinking of myself less. That this is gospel humility, thinking of myself less. This is what it looks like. I mean, this is what humble and gentle. I mean, th- this is what it looks like to become more and more like Jesus. When, like, like you go to uh, Matthew chapter 11, and, and what does Jesus say? He goes, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. For my heart, my heart is, is gentle and lowly or, or humble. that that, that this is christ's very heart for sinners and sufferers and imperfect people like you and me it it is it is a humble which 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 means that he is approachable It, it is gentle which means that we can come to him at any time and we don't have to worry about getting smacked in the back of the head that this is jesus's very heart towards us so therefore this is how we are to now relate to one another. Because this is how Jesus has related to us as humble and gentle towards us we now relate to one another in the same way we are humble we are gentle he also says that we would be patient making allowance for one another's faults listen in 1st Corinthians chapter 13 Paul says that that love is patient love is patient there because we're all in different listen we're all in different um, places in our journey toward in following Christ where we're all uh, on, on, on different places in that journey. And so we are all a work in progress. And so, so we have to be patient with one another. We, we have to endure with one another. We have, to be, we have to be kind to one another. Here's a great way to, to tell if you are growing in patience or not, okay? A great way to tell if you're growing in patience or not is, is how do you react to other cars on the road, okay? Like, like when that car at the stoplight doesn't go, when it turns green how quick are you to lay on the horn right like like, like when, when, when that guy cuts you off you know what what's what's your heart's reaction whether your finger does it or not right um like like, like this is like we are to be patient right that, that, that this is a great like, key to, this is a great way to tell how you're growing in this and and we are to be patient with one another when When my kids were were learning to walk um like it's just a fascinating endeavor right um like like god just designed kids with with little bodies and big heads right um and so so as they stand up and and they're kind of getting their balance i remember hattie in particular um as she would stand up she's getting her balance right like gravity would take over because of her large head and would throw her body forward and she'd be forced to take those first steps um and so so she would take those initial two or three steps and then she would what? she would fall down right she would fall down let me me tell you what i didn't do as a dad in that moment as a dad i didn't scold her i didn't say why aren't you figuring this out why aren't why can't you do this i can walk your mom can walk even your older sister can walk why can't you like that was not my heart towards her right no, no, my, my heart towards her in that moment was celebration. I was excited. She had taken two steps, and I was celebrating those two steps, and then, then I was trying to help her up and, so she could take more. And in the same way, I think sometimes we think God is up in heaven, our Father is up in heaven, and he, he, he's, he's mad at us. He's mad at us when we only take two steps and fall down, that he's waiting to scold us for, for messing up and making a mistake. And yet, and yet, that's not what we see in the scripture. That we have a good father. And when we take two more steps on our faith journey, he is celebrating as a father that loves his kids does. And he's helping us up. And, and, and we're continuing on that path with him. And in the same way, this is how we are to be as a church. That, that, that when one of us messes up, when one of us falls down, when one of us sins against someone else in the room, That rather than than, than berating them and and, and being angry at them and and condemning them, no, we come around them, we rally around them, we, we, we bear one another's burdens and we pick each other up so that we can continue to take steps in our faith journey together. This is what a healthy church does. A healthy church is not a perfect church. A healthy church is humble and gentle towards one another. A healthy church is patient, making allowance for one another's faults. And a healthy church is a unified church. A healthy church is a unified church. That, that, that we would bind ourselves together with peace. Listen, we come from incredible diverse backgrounds. All of us are very different people. All of us um, have different um, homes that we grew up in. All of us came to this place today um, in this building uh, in, in, in a different way. We all got here differently. We are incredibly diverse. And yet we have been brought together under the name of Jesus alone. That we are unified because of our faith in Christ, in Christ alone. And and this super exceeds any any division that could become in here. So, So we have been given unity through the Holy Spirit. And now our job is to fight to maintain that unity. Like one of the enemy's greatest ploys is to try and cause division amongst us try and get a wedge in there and make us argue about stuff that doesn't really matter. Like like I've been, I've I've seen and and experienced times in different places, and different churches where they want to argue about carpet color and paint color. Like it's silly. Who cares? Our job is to be taking the gospel to the ends of the earth together and encouraging one another in our faith journey as we do it. That this is what binds us together. This is what unifies us together. Like like this church is not just a building we come to. It's not just an event on our calendar. That we are the church and we are been bound together in the person of Jesus. And we are unified in our faith in him. And we are to fight to maintain this unity. Because a healthy church is not a perfect church, but it is a unified church. It is a unified church. second thing the next observation I, I, I want us to make here is in verse 7 starting in verse 7 it says however he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of christ that when he ascended to the heights he led a crowd of captives and, and gave gifts to his people notice that it says that he ascended this clearly means that christ also descended to the lowly world and that the same one who descended is the same one who ascended to uh, higher than the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Side note right there, our mission as a church is gospel saturation in the foothills and beyond. That the entire universe might be filled with the presence of Jesus. That's what, that that this is one of the places we get that verse 11 now, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers and their responsibilities to equip God's people to do his work building up the church the body of Christ and this is all going to continue until we are full and mature in Jesus okay so so here's the thing, here's the next observation a healthy church in a healthy church everyone has a role to play and every role matters in a healthy church everyone has a role to play in every role matters it says that out of the generosity of christ he is, he has given every believer a special gift for the purpose of the building up of the church for for, for, for the so that we like, like we can't grow into full maturity as individuals unless we are pouring into one another that god that in Christ's incredible generosity he has given every single person in this room a role to play when i was in high school i was on the basketball team um, not because i was good but because i was tall um, and it, it i i loved playing basketball it was, it was a lot of fun but i had a specific role on the team okay um, I, I had a very specific role i played they did not want me shooting the basketball like that is not why I was on the court. I was out there to play defense and get rebounds. I remember one time I was I even, I, I went up for a shot and I heard my coach yelling at me from the sideline, no, I made the basket, don't worry. But he still pulled me out of the game and he reminded me when I came again. the game, that's not why you're out there. You're, you're not out there to shoot the ball, you're out there to play defense, you're out there to get rebounds. And I had to had to remember that was my role on the team. Now, now all of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you would say that this is, you're part of this church body, you're part of this church family. God has specially gifted you with a role to play here, and every single one of our roles is not the same. They they all look a little bit different, and and so God has given every single one of us a role to play. We live in a hyper Individualistic culture, hyper-individualistic culture where everyone is, is about themselves, taking care of yourself. If you want anything in life, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you make it happen yourself. This is a consumeristic, individualistic um, mindset that I, f- I fear is oftentimes crept into the church that it 's all about me and what I can get out of it and so so i 'm going to show up on Sunday and uh, what what is what has the preacher got for me today? How is he going to feed me? how is he going to meet my needs? How is he going to take care of me? how's he going to take care of me and, and it 's all about me or, or maybe it's maybe it's maybe maybe you're just maybe you're here today and it's been a while and and you're just like, well, I love Jesus, but but I don 't necessarily love his church I, I I can grow in my spiritual faith without him without the church I, I just I'll go up on the mountain and I'll spend time with Jesus that way and I'm gonna grow in my faith that way and I and I would just say that 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 is a that that's not the right mindset to have so so this week um, I found with this giant tub of Legos at my house um, and I found this Lego in that tub and I thought um, how interesting um, this oh, I, I've never seen a Lego that looks quite like this one it's, it's kind of a box shape it's got these weird things on the top and some, some, some holes on the side and I'm like I, well I, I wonder what it goes to uh, I, I wonder where it, what, what, what set of Legos it belongs to because um, while we have this giant bucket of Legos at one point all of those Legos went with other Legos that made something that Lego had created for kids to put together or maybe me depending on the Lego set. So, um, but but as 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 we as I looked at this this week, and I thought, oh, I wonder what that's for. Well, to be honest with you, it's really hard to tell what this Lego goes to. On its own, right here in my hand, it's hard to see how this Lego um, actually is able to be all that it's supposed to be. And in fact, I would say that this Lego is incapable of living out its full potential and its full created purpose on its own that this Lego has to be joined together with other Legos in order for it to fulfill its purpose in order for for it to to, to live out its 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 destiny as the creators created it for and in the same way I think oftentimes when we say hey I don't I, I, I don't need the church that, that, from a heavenly perspective we look like this Lego on its own it's cool it's great but it is incapable of living out its full potential fully growing in its faith we, we are unable to fully grow in our faith on our own that our, our, our growth is stunted when we don't engage in the church you are needed here your, you have a role to play in the, in, in the growth of the believers in this room. Like you have a, a, a role to play in that. And for you to sit on the sidelines for too long is going to cause your growth to be stunted and it's going to cause our growth to be stunted. We need you because a healthy church, everyone has a role to play and every role matters. It doesn't matter if you're on the stage teaching. It doesn't matter if you're in a kids class teaching. It, it like it, like it doesn't matter. Whatever God, however God has gifted you, your role matters. Your role matters. It's a big deal. Like and 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 here and you're like, well, Marcus, I don't I don't really know what how God has gifted me. I don't I don't know what my special um, gift is that that has that come out of Christ generous. I'm not really sure. And let me tell you, what, that's okay. I. I didn't know at one point in time either. Like, but, but here's what I did. I, I just got involved. I, I just said, hey, I, I'll try that. You, you, need, you need, like when I was in college, they, they needed help passing the offering plate um, at the church I was a part of. So I, so I said, hey, I, I'll help with that. And I started helping pass the offering plate. And it was small and it was simple and, and it was great and, and then I began to grow and to find other opportunities to serve from there and and so here's what my job is the the, the leaders of our church jobs our job is to help you figure it out I promise you if you get in a in, in a serving situation and you hate it you don't have to stay there forever we're not gonna say sorry you signed the, the dotted line no what, you you can quit and try something else We will help you discover your gifting. We will help you and equip you and train you. And here's the thing, it takes time. Like I promise you, if you heard my first message I ever preached, you would not come back to this church. It was awful. I was was in high school and my youth pastor let me stand up and teach. And and let me tell you what, it was five minutes long and you're like, can you get back to that? Um, But uh, it was five minutes long. I didn't open the Bible. So I don't know, it was a motivational speech probably, not a sermon, but, um, and, and I didn't open the Bible and I just said this over and over again at the end. I was just like, guys, we just need to do it. Just do it. And I said, no, no joke, this is what I said. I said, just do it, Nike. And I put the mic down and I walked off. <laughs> like that's how I ended my first message ever. Awful. My friends that, that, that were in my youth group still like to remind me of it. So um, it's, it's good. And, and so, so here's what I think. Like, like it takes time sometimes like, like sometimes it's very clear that oh, this person is gifted in this way right but but I think I think sometimes we have to grow into our gifting sometimes we have to to grow into um, the role that God has for us within the church and, and we can't grow into it if we don't even try and so so here's and so here's what I, I would just say like like I'm, I'm, I'm asking you if you're not serving to consider getting involved in serving okay There's a next step card in front of you. You, There's a lot of options on there. There's even more that aren't on there. I would just encourage you, hey, I'm willing to try something just to mark that and drop that in the box. And here's what it says, not about what I want from you today. This is what I want for you. It's what I want for our church. That, that, That when we would all get involved and be in the game, I believe that we will extend the gospel throughout the foothills but we all gotta get in the game. We all gotta play the role that God has set before us. This is what a healthy church does. It's what a healthy church looks like. Look with me down in verse 14. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Here's 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 my last observation from today. A healthy church is a committed church. A healthy church is a committed church. That a, a healthy church, number one, is committed to the teaching and person of Jesus. A healthy church is committed to the teaching and person of Jesus. That when we read through um, our New Testament, when we read through the Bible and, and we see Jesus, Jesus's life and the way he lived we, and, and the things that he said and he taught, we want to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to that. Not, not to what Marcus says, because here's the thing, I'm going to get it wrong sometimes. But we wanna commit ourselves to what God's word has revealed to us about the person of Jesus. And, and we wanna go all in with what Jesus has called us to do in the lives that he's called us to live. We want to be a healthy church, but we are committed to the teaching and person of Jesus. But we also are committed to one another. We are committed to one another. That, that, that this says here, that, um, that it says in verse 15, it says instead we speak the truth in love. Here's, here's what this doesn't mean because I think this is how a lot of us have taken this, this is how a lot of us have heard this, that, that I can say really mean things to people and say I'm speaking the truth in love. I'm just trying to tell them hard truths so, so that, you know, and we, we say mean, unkind things to people and we try and use this verse to back up what we've said. Now, now I, I, what am I, I'm, but, but what I think Paul is trying to help us understand and see here He's trying to help us and see and hear and understand that when we speak the truth in love, we speak the truth of Jesus and the gospel into one another's lives. That, that this is what it means to speak the truth in love. That we would remind one another of who Jesus is. What does John say in John chapter 14? Jesus, Jesus he, He's writing down Jesus' words and he says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That Jesus is the truth. And so we need to be people that are committed to one another, to speak the truth of the gospel and Jesus into one another's lives. That, that, that even when it's hard, even when it's uncomfortable, I want to remind you of the person and work and teaching of Jesus. Tell them I said hi. Um, but this is what we want to do. We, we want to remind one another. This is, we, we need to learn to speak the gospel fluently to one another. So, so whenever I am, whenever I am, uh, I'm over here doing something that is um, out of line with the gospel, I need someone, like I need Ken to come and tell me, hey Marcus, this is out of line with the gospel. Here, here I wanna remind you of who Jesus is, what he has done for you, all that he's accomplished for you. When I, when I am struggling with, like I'm a people pleaser, I'm gonna be honest, I, I like to please people. And when I'm, when I'm struggling with pleasing people, I need to be reminded that I don't have to please people because I am fully pleasing to God already because of Jesus and the gospel. That we need to learn that, how to speak the truth of Jesus into one another's lives. That this is what it means to be committed to one another. That, that when one of us is struggling, that the rest of us can come around and we can bear one another's burdens and we can walk through hell with people and encourage them to keep their eyes on Jesus in that. We do that over and over and over again to one another and as we do that I believe that the Holy Spirit uses that and works that to grow us and mature us into full maturity in Jesus this is what we do as a church this is what a healthy church does, a healthy church is a committed church it's a committed church it's a church that, 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 that stays through thick and thin together even when we maybe not like each other all that it's a family that's bound together in the person and work of Jesus in 2008 there was a hurricane that swept through the southern part of the US um, and Texas in particular was hit hard um, and so in um, Texas was hit in, in particular hard. A community called Gilcrest um, was hit hard. This home, this community was filled with over 200 homes uh, that uh, were well-manicured lawns, um, well taken care of. It was a retirement community where people had gone for their last few years of life to, to just uh, rest and relax. It's no mountains, but, you know, people like the beach too. So, um, and, and so this is what um, people were doing. But then Hurricane Ike sweeps through with 110 mile per hour winds. And, 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 it, and as, pe- as people would come back to this after hurricane, I could swept through and they've come back to just complete devastation. Everything been, has been obliterated by this hurricane, but, but one house still remained. One house still stood, stood firm through this hurricane. One house remained even in the midst of this incredibly powerful storm credit this incredibly powerful storm and you see some of these images and you think wow that's 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 crazy to look at that's incredible to see that one house and, and maybe you're like me you're like Man, what made that house stand what what made that house stand versus all the other houses and and, and as we look at this, here's my, my, my question for us today, that, that if a, hel- a healthy church has to be a committed church, we have to be the houses that are willing to stay and stand throughout whatever storms life may come, whatever challenges may come to this church in the future. We have to be willing to stick together to hold one another up through the storm. That we have to be willing to remain even when it's hard we have to be willing to remain because at the end of the day a healthy church is a committed church and it is only when we are standing firm on the foundation of who Jesus is on all that he has accomplished and we are there to hold one another up strengthening one another it is only then that we will continue forward as a healthy church so if you would bow your heads and close your eyes today Nobody, nobody, looking around, and, and, and so here's here's just a couple of questions I, I have for us just to think about today. What, how have you viewed the church up to this point? How have you viewed the church? Is it just an event you attend on on Sundays? Is it just another thing on your to-do list, your calendar? Or do you view it as as the people of God gathered to worship God and advance the name of God. How do you view the church? Do you view yourself as an integral part of it? Do you see that, that, that you are needed here? As a follower of Jesus, we can't be fully mature without you. So do you see your need? Do you see that God has called you and gifted you to to help us grow up as a church and be healthy? What's your commitment to the the church, to to the people of God sitting around you? I I believe that that we are supposed to to be committed to one another beyond just casual, um, casual association on Sunday mornings. We need people who will walk through the storms of life with us through thick and thin, through good and bad, through weeping, through laughter. We need to be that for one another. See, anybody can show up on a Sunday and sit, sit here and, and, and hear me say things. Walk out the door. But a healthy church is so much more than that. It's not just a group of people that get together on Sunday. It's a group of people that love one another in Christ and are growing and helping one another submit to him fully. So so will you help us be a healthy church today? Will you be willing to to step into the life of what God is doing here? As the band plays, I just would encourage you to sit there and, and think through that for a minute pray, okay, God, what what could you be calling me to do today? Where where could you be calling me to take a step of faith? Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your church, that we get to be part and make up the local church here in Indian Hills, here in the foothills. And so we we thank you that, that we get to be your church, your bride, your body. I pray and I ask, Lord, that we would be a church that's willing to to go all in with one another. Relationships are hard, they're messy, they're challenging, they're difficult, and I pray that in the power of your mighty name, that you would give us the grace and the humility and the gentleness and the patience to love one another in a way that the world around us would take notice. You, your powerful mighty name, you would Help us to be a healthy church. Jesus, we need you. We can't be a healthy church without you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So help us to abide in you, following your every lead. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.